The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member at tntradio.live. Interviews, news, and views. You're listening to State of the Nation on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. All right, this is State of the Nation broadcasting live on today's News Talk TNT with me, Brian McLean, and Steve Hook. Thank you for rejoining us for this second hour. TNTradio.live is the website. Hello to you in the interactive live chat room over there. I'm sorry I can't be in there with you today. We've got a lot of moving parts. Uh, One of those moving parts is a reminder that last December, Julian Assange's two-day public hearing was announced for February 20 and 21. We're coming up on that at the UK High Court to determine whether Julian will have permission to appeal or whether he will be extradited to the United States. TNT will be at the Royal Courts of Justice broadcasting and covering the entire two days. And uh, TNT will broadcast live from various locations throughout London. Also, the London premiere of the trust fall, Julian Assange, will be at the Rio Cinemas on Sunday, the 18th of February at 1 p.m. local time. The film will be followed by a panel discussion and Q&A with those involved. Uh, yesterday, Misty Winston spoke with Tariq Ali, I believe, here at TNT. So uh, he'll be one of those speakers. To find out more, do a web search for The Trust Fall, Julian Assange, London premiere. Search that up on your browser. You'll find everything you need to know if you're in the area and you want to go. Uh, and join us. TNT will be there lighting the fuse for freedom. Now, Steve, I got to throw this one in here. Um, U.S. Congress, we're just, I kind of intimated this. I teased it a little bit with our last guest who is running for Senate in Virginia. This is a big, big deal. Here's the the headline. U.S. Congress has become a self-enriching criminal enterprise. Insider trading running rampant, violating the Stock Act. So um, just watched this morning, uh, Mike Papantonio uh, from uh, Rafferty Law Firm and his guest Aaron on America's Lawyer. And they were talking about how I'm going to riff off of their conversation here. They said that over 40 Congress members have been caught trading, beating the market by up to 280%. And some members take over six years before reporting their transactions. No punishments. 40 members that they know of have violated the Stock Act. Um, And they also pointed out, hey, do you know how many pieces of legislation this Congress passed in that same amount of time? 20. So we had twice as many violations of the federal law than we had new pieces of legislation passed the chamber. Just to illustrate how rampant and terrible this problem is, um, they went on to say that these people are more concerned about trading their stocks and making money than they are actually legislating. Nancy Pelosi was uh, brought up as an example, almost 70% higher than the S&P. And they're cashing in on what they know. Quite clearly, they go to committee meetings. They know there's going to be a new war. Well, (laughs) it's kind of a no-brainer to go buy some defense stock, I would say. They also gave the example of Rick Allen uh, from Georgia, uh, Steve's home state. $8.5 million in stock transactions, and he's the one that took six and a half years before reporting it, and then when asked why, well, just a mistake, just an error. So, hmm. And Steve, this is the best part. You know what the penalty is if they get caught? $200. $200. Can you imagine... Can you imagine making $8.5 million, skipping your taxes for six years, and then getting a slap on the wrist and being able to say, oops, my accountant made an error. Here's 200 bucks. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm not an accountant uh, and I don't even pretend to be one on the air, but I will say that I'm smart enough to know that if I can get an eight and a half million dollar profit, but the downside is I have to pay a $200 fine. That's going to be a deal I make every time. You know, Hesher, this is just so unbelievably, I would say it's unbelievably corrupt, but these days is anything shocking? I mean, is it really? Um, These are the same people that will lecture uh, people about, oh, you're a big fat cat. You just care about the rich. And and they're just, these guys are all, so many of them, some of these numbers are staggering when you look at the success they've had, not just in buying stock, mind you, also in very timely selling of stock before the yeah. stock tanks. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just like, wow, you guys are so good at this. You probably ought to get out of the Senate or the House, and you ought to go get a job on Wall Street. Of course, I suspect that if they did that, their success ratio would change dramatically once they didn't know what laws were coming up or what wars were about to be fought or whatever. It's so bloody corrupt. It really is, you know. Uh, So I'm really glad we got to get that one out there today. Just a little food for thought, you know. These people are making money hand over fist and trying to dictate to us what is morally correct and what isn't, what's legal, what's not. Just absolutely amazing. I got another reminder. TNT is an independent global news talk station that does what others only say they do. We are a live radio and TV broadcaster And we simply tell the truth 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We are live here at TNT. No one in the world does what we do. Crisscrossing the globe, providing credible news and opinion all day and all night. And in just two and a half years, TNT has become a credible and exciting platform with brilliant hosts and staff. It's a critical time for us, and we must continue to call out the misinformation and propaganda from mainstream media and their powerful sponsors. Uh, We're now appealing to our many friends and supporters around the world to go to TNTradio.live and make a small donation to TNT while we seek the right investors to continue our important mission here at today's News Talk. Connecting the dots, painting the bigger picture. They always have great conversation. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, today, as many were anxiously awaiting day two of Fannie Willis's testimony in the case concerning her improper relationship with prosecutor Nathan Wade, her team threw us another curveball. Daddy came to the defense. It's all been quite bizarre and very soap opera-esque. Uh, we know that according to Fannie's dad, John C. Floyd III, who added the caveat that he was not trying to be racist, but it's a black thing. Black people hide and keep cash. (laughs) Fannie must be keeping a lot because her salary is 110K annually, but her net worth, again, north of 8 million. How do these things happen? Joining us now to discuss this craziness is Lionel from Lionel Media. Lionel, it's great to have you here. Uh, We've been clamoring all week to get your take on the the latest in the Fannie Willis case here. You're a racist. You too, you're racist. <laughs> Sit there with your white supremacy, picking on some eight millionaire. Uh, I don't even know where to start. First of all, this judge has no cojones, nothing. I know people who would say, excuse me, pardon me, we're here for one thing only. Should she be disqualified? I don't want to hear about Chardonnay parties and whether you like Grey Goose and all this stuff. 
what what are the issues here? Why should she be disqualified? Not disordered, whatever. That's the issue. That actually benefits her, but she keeps opening the door because she is this entitled, smug, this, this, uh, I, I, I swear to you, and I know somebody's going to take this the wrong way, but this reminds me of one of these crazy Karen airport videos where all of a sudden this person leaps across and starts choking the flight attendant because Fanny has the, and it's not funny, it's Fanny. So Fanny sits there with this look of utter contempt and just look like, how dare you? I'm not on trial. Oh, yes, you are. Sit down and shut up. And I mean, and by the way, you see Nathan, he just gave it all up. And uh, he's not even a liar. He's going to be one of the few successful, stupid defendants of ever. Because we have the insanity, competency, and now we have the stupid. Did you hear what he said? Did you have sex with your wife? Did you say that? Yes. And you said you had sex with somebody else? Yes. And you signed it a oath in the interrogatory for your divorce? Yes. So you were lying? No. Wait a minute. Hold it. Stop. Let's go back. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold it. Let's try it again, Nathan. Work with me. He's just saying, no. So you had sex with her? Yes. So you lied? No. Wait a minute. That one went on forever. <laughs> and then we bring in daddy. Excuse me. What the hell does daddy have to do with this? What does it have to do with anything? What? What? The, the, the issue is, should she be disqualified? Not whether she gets threats or none of this matters. Can you gentlemen explain to me what the theory behind, and, and frankly, if I defended her, I would say, what does it, why does she have to get off the case because she's sexually indiscriminate? What is, what, she's not qualified? The issue is that, did she bring this basically unqualified person on? Did they extend did they uh, perhaps treat Trump uh, unfairly in order to perhaps keep the gravy train going? There's got to be a connection. You can't, if, if, if you disqualify prosecutions every time somebody had a defense. Remember during the OJ case, Marsha Clark and Christopher Darden? Eh, eh, remember that? Well, they were on the defense, but you're, what, what did that mean? <laughs> Nothing. So my question is, what, what Fanny should be saying is, what does this have to do with anything? And and, and listen, gentlemen, remember, if you're ever caught, lie. Oh, excuse me. What am I saying? Let me try this again. Don't lie. <laughs> Tell them the truth. No, no, that's for radio. That's for program. No, no. The thing is that when, when you're ever caught and they got you to say, yes, but act like it's no big deal. Did you have sex with Mr. Ray? Yes. And did you buy me? Yes. And did he take you on the excursions? Yes. And did you pay him back? Yes. It just kind of loses the don't don't get indignant, don't shake the head and do all that stuff. But this this whole issue is what does this have to do with her disqualification? What? It's it, it's sorted. But gentlemen, what what is the worst part about this that we're not talking about is this preposterous racketeering theory. This is what you do to the Gambino crime family. This is this is what happens when you have. This, this coordination of efforts. Somebody said, I think Andy McCarthy said, the only thing these people have in common is that they're in the indictment. They don't even know each other. Can you imagine if they charge us, the three of us, with, with conspiracy to traffic? And I don't even know who the hell you are. I have to <laughs> at least be able to pick you out of a lineup. I would have had to obey the call to you. This is, and how this, this escaped motions to dismiss. Anyway, it's preposterous. 
Well, you you know the thing, Lionel, that that, that was so amusing. About, you mentioned Wade. First of all, Wade is asked point blank, "Did you get paid back for some of these trips?" Yes, I did. In cash, yes. And then, do you have any receipt, any deposit slip that shows this transaction? No, you have none. Not a one. I mean, it just looked. It was. It was just preposterous to think that. Okay, thousands and thousands of dollars, and you didn't deposit a dime of that. Then Daddy gets on the stand today and says, "I'm not trying to be racist," and then goes about being racist and saying that this is a black thing you wouldn't understand. Black people keep and hide money. I don't know how much how, how much that helped. But Fanny, this is the thing about Fanny's uh, testimony. She was not even supposed to be watching Nathan Wade. And I think it was abundantly clear the way she stormed in there and just kind of went up there and took the, uh, the the witness stand that she watched every minute of that testimony and said, I better go pull his ass and my ass out of the right. fire. And she came in the courtroom very indignant. And I guess they told her, let's not try that again. Let's put daddy on the stand. I, it's insane. You know, normally there's something called invoking the rule, the rule of sequestration. So first thing you do, in any, you start off with, we invoke the rule. That means everybody's got to get out. You can't talk about the testimony. You can't come back and say, yeah, like he said, doesn't work like that. So she may have even violated that. I like what somebody suggested that he might have gone back to try to retroactively change as um, uh, verified sworn to statements in the in the um, interrogatories for his divorce. And, oh, you know that the defense lawyer was just sitting there going or the wife's uh, divorce lawyer. Keep talking. Keep talking. This is great. Well, that's some money you didn't, you're not squirreling away. And by the way, did you also, when you received these gifts, did you declare them? Which is absurd, but but that's the point. But but gentlemen, let, let me just go back to what's going on right now. You know, the president needs all the help he can get, especially after today's bizarre verdict or, or finding where he basically is not able to, 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 uh, basically practice his business in New York for three years. And he's thinking, what is going on here? This case is dissolving before his very eyes. It's dissolving. And what's going to happen is it's going to get so bad and so tangled that the name Fanny Wellness is just going to become once it becomes a part of the this American punchline. Once people start, and with social media, Already the memes and the, I mean, it's brilliant. She's through. Then comes the bar and the local who are going to say, did you happen to lie or mislead the court? You know, you don't have to actually lie. You're an officer of the court. You swear fealty to the constitution and the laws. You're an elected official, law and order. And you're basically wanting to put people in jail who had the unmitigated audacity to say, you know, I don't really believe these election findings like Stacey Abrams did. So I'm going to utilize my litigation rights to question the franchise. Oh, no, no, that's a violation. You're you're lying. Well, you're lying. I mean, th this is this looks like I hope America sees this because this is absolute. This is garbage. And courts are not like this. Most courts are very, 
very sterile, almost like church-like the, the, with professional judges. And, and believe me, I know judges who would cut this off and be, because you could see where this is going. Now, th the sad part about it is that what's going to happen to her ultimately is that nothing. Nothing will happen. Because as you know, gentlemen, in our, in our society, nothing bad ever happens to bad people. They just are forgotten. Anybody see where Pete Booty Giggity Giggity is? Our transportation? He just left. Isn't that funny? He has left the arena. I just thought about this the other day. Whatever happened to him? I don't know. It just, they just go away. Fannie Willis, whatever happened to her? I don't know. Whatever happened to Hunter Biden? I don't know. Whatever happened to this? I don't know. We So the, the good news for Fannie is that this is going to, they're, they're going to forget this. She's going to play the race card. And knowing our six societies, I do, she'll be elevated to some weird status on TV shows. She'll get her own podcast and be even more famous as this indignant, sarcastic, street smart prosecutrix. And anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, who knows? Maybe we'll see her gracing the screen on The View. Uh, I would not be surprised, <laughs> Lionel. Uh, this whole Indeed. thing, you're right. I'm I'm glad you made those comments about uh, courtrooms, uh, what a normal courtroom would look like, what you would expect. Because watching this, it really does seem like uh, I'm I'm looking at an episode of Doctor Phil uh, meets I don't I, oh, I don't yeah. even know Jerry Springer or yeah, Springer or, um, or Ricky Lake if you're old enough. By the way, <laughs> little parenthetically, one of the best courtroom shows ever on the screen was My Cousin Vinny. Some of the best <laughs> stuff ever, actual. Courtroom, discovery, arraignments, pleadings, actually very, very good. Most of them are awful. But but the thing that that is going to be the worst part about this is all of those folks who decided to take pleas to lesser included, they're thinking, including uh, Sidney Powell and I'm going to release the Kraken and whoever these other people were who never met each other. They're thinking, why did we plead? Yeah, we exactly. I got this stupid misdemeanor here. If I had just waited and Trump's thinking, you should have waited. Yeah, you should have waited. Way, I don't know about if, if you've even discussed this, but Trump's uh, New York case, uh, Judge Engeron, this is this is the worst. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Lionel, we'll, we'll, yeah. let's let's save that one for next time we get you on. We'll have you okay, back on we'll next week that. for another update. We got to run. We appreciate your analysis per usual. LionelMedia.com and Lionel Nation over there on YouTube. Get over there. Lionel, thank you so much for joining us on State of the Nation here at today's News Talk TNT. TNT's Timothy Shea. The race is essentially now Vivek Ramaswamy and Nikki Haley. Ron disappoints us. We'll be pulling his hat from the ring next and the issue, as always, is why is the Nikki taking so much of the left's money? Well, maybe this will give you a little insight. She credits Hillary Clinton with inspiring her to enter politics, having attended a women's leadership summit at which Hillary spoke. And Nikki said, and I quote, I then had to decide whether I was a Republican or Democrat. See, Nikki has no core beliefs other than doing whatever her globalist masters, paymasters, want her to say. The Reckoning with Timothy Shea on today's News Talk TNT. 
TNT is an independent global news talk station that does what others only say they do. TNT is a live radio and TV broadcaster that simply tells the truth 24 hours a day, seven days a week. No one in the world does what we do. Crisscrossing the globe, providing credible news and opinion all day and all night. In two and a half years, TNT has become a credible and exciting platform with brilliant hosts and staff. It's a critical time, and we must continue to call out the misinformation and propaganda from mainstream media and their powerful sponsors. We're now appealing to our many friends and supporters around the world to go to TNTradio.live and make a small donation to TNT while we seek the right investors to continue our important mission. If you're still wearing a cloth or surgical mask around in public, you're guilty of spreading COVID misinformation. It really is that simple. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, well, lately we've been anxiously waiting to see how the House was going to vote on Section 702 of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, also known as FISA. Speaker Mike Johnson was forced to delay the vote as mutiny broke out amongst the ranks. So we're going to have to wait a little bit longer, it looks like. What does this mean going forward? Is FISA going to once again be abused by our governmental overlords? Survey says probably. Let's break it all down with our friend, CPO of BitChute and host of the blog and podcast, Don't Let It Go. It's Amy Peacock. Amy, uh, welcome back to State of the Nation. Well, we all thought we were going to get this vote this week, and apparently uh, some folks in House Intel said, no, wait a minute, we're not going to vote on this. Some language was inserted at the last moment, and Johnson was forced to pull the floor vote. Uh, what's your take on this? I mean, first of all, they brought it to the floor pretty quickly. And, you know, all I heard was that the Hill gave a hint the week before that maybe something was going to happen. But the reauthorization that they slipped into the NDAA back in December wasn't going to be expiring until April or so. So this was actually a little bit unexpected. I certainly didn't know that they were going to bring it up. And then when they were bringing it up, there wasn't any language that I was able to find that you could even see what they were going to be voting on. I read in the Hill that it was going to be some weird amalgam of two competing reform bills, one of which was lousy and one of which was sort of okay. So I, you know, didn't have a lot of hopes for this. And I was hoping that they would could do, you know, do something a bit better. If you recall the other day, uh, the other afternoon when, with, let's see, which day was it? It was on the 14th on Valentine's Day that they actually made the decision to pull it, right? They were having some floor discussion that day. And the big debate was whether they were going to require a warrant to search the database. That was really controversial. You know, uh, a lot of people were going to be very upset if they had to get a warrant to search the database. And I couldn't help but think about how could they have moved the goalpost, right? Because they should be talking about whether they need to get a warrant to collect conversations into the database in the first place. What are they doing swooping up, gathering our conversations and sticking them in some huge database when they have no warrant, no probable cause, no particularized suspicion. I think we should go back to that question. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it seems like we've got a a chicken and egg question here. Uh, we're, We're looking at the wrong symptom. We need to back it up one level. Do you think this goes back to because I ask myself this question all the time when we start peeling the layers back on big data, 
what it comes right down to is if you're using any of the, um, you know, big social platforms, uh, even big, you know, commerce platforms, whatever, mm-hmm. you're, you're just by virtue of using them and, and accepting their terms of services, um, you're, you're, they have access to all that stuff. And it's like, uh, why is this not anonymized? This data should be anonymized first off. Um, you know, like what, what is it about tech companies and their TOSs that, that makes it such that the American public are just, you know, um, bullied basically uh, into accepting just giving up all their data? Well, so here it's not even the big tech companies that are to blame in the terms of service. Granted, some of them have very awful practices and terms. Facebook, of course, is notorious for having bad privacy practices. They have profiles on people who don't even have Facebook accounts, all of this stuff, right? But it is a doctrine in the law that is to blame for this particular situation. It doesn't matter what terms of service or contract you make when you share information with a third party. There is something called the third party doctrine that I keep railing on that says that whenever you share information with a third party, even if it's for a limited purpose within a perfectly legal context, the government can still obtain it without a warrant, which means there's no Fourth Amendment protection for it at all at this point, we are at the mercy of our Congress critters, as we call them, to protect our privacy. And, you know, if the Supreme Court hadn't made the wrong turn with the third party doctrine in the 1970s that I keep talking about, then we wouldn't be in the situation where legislators could use it as a political football. Yeah. Amy, listen, we're going to take a real quick break for a headline. But when we come back, I wanted to, I think that most people, when they look at this situation, uh, they look at it as a layperson. They don't get it. Obviously, Amy Peacock gets it because you're in the you're in the business of big data and and you've been through this rodeo before. But a lot of people look at this and they're like going, "Well, wait a minute. We know damn good and well that FISA was abused in in a huge way against the mm-hmm. Trump campaign. God, we don't need to go through that again." But I mean, Carter Page comes to mind, George Papadopoulos, sure. just about anybody. So so when they see this, they're like going, "It looks like it looks like the government." is trying to protect another avenue of surveillance and the second that maybe something was going to be done to put the brakes on this boom Mm -hmm. it's pulled from the floor so the cynicism is ramped up to 11 let's take a headline break we'll come back and we'll get your take on that we're speaking with amy peacock we'll be right back on state of the nation after this headline on today's news talk tnt great news the news we have news great news great news Great news, my friends. Listen. TNT Radio News. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has publicly declared Israel's opposition to any international efforts to unilaterally recognize a Palestinian state, arguing that such actions could hinder the resolution of the Gaza conflict. White House National Security Council spokesman John Kirby reported intense fighting around Avdika, a strategic location near Donetsk, used by Ukrainian forces as a staging ground since 2014. The common housefly, caught in the clutches of the spider's web. Every move it makes just makes matters worse. Then, dinner time. 
Feast on the captivating stories, videos, and helpful information on our website. Whoa. Dinner's ready. Oh, man. Escape is futile. Just one more video. Get stuck in our web. TNTradio.live. Okay, welcome back to State of the Nation. We're joined by Amy Peakoff. Uh, and Amy, as we were talking about before before we were uh, took the headline there, that a lot of people, and I would say probably the vast majority of people, are kind of they kind of glaze over when they talk about stuff like this seven oh two whatever, and they don't get it. But one thing that they do intuitively know that something's wrong, uh, that something's wrong within the government, something's wrong in the DOJ, something's wrong with our intel agencies, and frankly, something is wrong with the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act. So once it looks like they're going to do something right, it gets yanked, and now we're left to wonder oh, I guess this means they can spy on us at will. No big deal. We'll just go forward as if nothing ever happened. Um, Do you understand that concern that so many Americans have? And do you share it? I mean, certainly. And like I said earlier, the thing that they were going to do wasn't even completely what they should be doing anyway. But pulling back on these powers that they have just a tiny bit, just enough to require a warrant to search a database, elicits panic among all of the entrenched interests. You know, we saw Mayorkas, he's tweeting about the commitment to the Five Eyes Agreement. And, you know, everyone's talking about uh, some mysterious national security concern that we should be all upset about. They want any excuse to keep these powers. But, you know, when the you know, the vote was pulled from the floor the other day, Johnson's spokesman, Raj Shah out of D.C., tweeted this. He says, in order to allow Congress more time to reach consensus on how best to reform FISA and Section 702 while maintaining the integrity of our critical national security programs, the House will consider the reform and reauthorization bill at a later date. And the way I translated this is, look, they want to keep their toys. They've had these toys, these bulk surveillance, unconstitutional bulk surveillance toys ever since the 1970s, when the Supreme Court expanded that third party doctrine, gave them access to all those communications. They want to keep them, but they want to have a bill that makes it look like they're giving you something, right? So they want to give you something while maintaining the integrity of their programs, i.e. keeping all of their surveillance toys. And they haven't figured out what sort of obfuscatory, say that 12 times fast, obfuscatory <laughs> language. I could, I could write it. I can't say it. Um, you know, they want that language in there so that it looks like you're getting reform, but you're not really getting anything. And they've been doing this ever since Snowden revealed these programs, pretending that they're giving us something and giving us absolutely nothing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and there's there's so many people right now watching this and listening to this that are saying, wait a minute, we're, we're living in the panopticon right now. I mean, it's, the, the <laughs> fact that they're talking about getting a warrant for a database with relationship to the totality of the panopticon, the totality of the abuses of FISA, the you know bare naked totality of of and not just FISA, right? You know they were yeah. looking into the bank accounts to see what you were spending your money on, and if you said something, you bought something about MAGA, or if you purchase a weapon or anything, the government is collecting all that information too, and no doubt 
being able to integrate it with what's in these other databases like the FISA database, it is ridiculous and it should stop. The way to stop it would be to overturn those cases from the 1970s. That would be very simple. But look at all of these commitments that we've made to the spies around the world as well. Bulk surveillance is everywhere. Everyone's addicted to it. And it's like a really bad heroin that rots the whole system at the same time. Yeah, and and we're we're fighting for Julian Assange right now over here. You know, he's looking at being extradited to the United States. These same interests that we're talking about spied on him. They they disrupted his ability to have um, legal counsel. They've spied on him. They spied on people that went and talked to him. And now we're getting all this extra information with regards to what you know we've been saying for the last five years: FISA, CIA, FBI, DOJ, Obama White House and foreign intelligence all colluded to subvert the constitution in the 2020 election spy on donald trump bump and nudge his associates and try to get them stitched up i mean entrapment so it's kind of like i i i think we're all very frustrated at the same thing here we're living in a globalist panopticon of intelligence mm -hmm. agencies fortune 100s governments politicians all looking to put a boot on our neck and our politicians, our GOP sitting there going, well, maybe we should get, uh, I don't know, maybe we should get a warrant for this database, you guys, what do you think? Yeah, a warrant to search it only, but we're still gonna keep this huge old database, which is like yeah. you said earlier, ripe for abuse. But you know, again, abuse is not the most basic thing. The most basic thing is that without any justification, they're collecting up those conversations from us. And so I think we should call them on their on their phony justification for it. And, you know, let's overturn whatever they pass. Let's try to challenge it legally or something, because when they say it's for national security, you start to wonder if you care about the security of a nation that doesn't respect the rights of its citizens, which ours clearly doesn't. Yeah. And, you know, Amy, I think I think what people kind of walk away with is that this is no longer by foreign of the people. Uh, they are they are trying to I mean, this is the road to serfdom right here. We're on it. And their biggest fear is an informed electorate. If the people mm -hmm. found out and of course, Schellenberger and Taibbi and, and Gutentag's uh, piece that came out on 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 the sub stack shows that the collusion was the fix was in with the five eyes. And then, of course, we get the FISA thing and some stupid uh, you know, oh, well, we're going to have to pull this so we can really tighten it up. Nobody believes them anymore. And and this is yeah. the reason why. Th this is the kind of crap that people go, okay, so nothing's really going to change. Oh, and by the way, Trump's now been forced to pay $370 million in New York, <laughs> and we're going to bitch about Navalny dying in Russia. I mean, I know this seems like I'm kind of going all over the place, but my point is that's the way it looks to the American people. It all looks corrupt from root to stem. Mm -hmm. And this is just part of that uh, part of that ball of corruption. Agreed completely. And so now we're going to go enjoy our weekends, supposedly, right now, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, when you put it like that. <laughs> trying to, but all this talk about spying really has me, you know, uh, I'm feeling a little paranoid today. I got to tell you, as soon as I got on the phone today and started talking about the show, I lost my cell signal. I haven't had cell signal all day. I don't know what's up with oh, that. Oh, wow. And, okay. You know, it's huh. very strange. I'm sitting here with no bars, all messages failed to send. And it's when you, when you cover stuff like this and you talk to people 
like we do, like yourself also, it just kind of, you know, it's hard to not like know all these things are happening. And then when something like that happens, it's the first thing you think is, oh, the tower must be down. That's not really the first thing I'm thinking when I see that now. <laughs> well, if I was to blame because you are losing your cell service, um, <laughs> I'm sorry, but in a way I'm not because we have to solve this problem, right? We have to yeah. figure out what the solution is and just keep calling attention to it. I think that's one of the bit of good news this week is that I think that they were worried that people actually knew what was going on and that people were, you know, there was an uproar about reauthorizing FISA 702. And so I think that's the good news is that people are waking up to this and we just have to keep watching because they're going to try to slip in it at some point. We'll just have to be vigilant and, and call our Congress critters and hope that they uh, more of them wake up because Massey and some of them are very good, but not all of them are. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Amy, listen, thank you so much for joining us today with that wonderful warm and <laughs> ugly news it's just it's so good i'm gonna go and pour myself a bottle of bourbon um <laughs> you know guys just just keep sharing my paper right i've got that paper that's pinned at the top of my feed on x and that's got the complete explanation of how we got here and what the fundamental solution is the fundamental solution is to take it out of the hands of the congress critters entirely overturn Smith and Miller. Many people, Snowden included, have called for the overturning of Smith and Miller. I explain exactly why that should be the case in that paper. So check there it out. Go. Spread the word. Find, find it yourself on X at Amy Peacock at Amy Peacock. Don't forget the podcast. Uh, don't let it go. And of course, uh, bit shoot too and pod shoot for that matter. Amy Peacock, yeah. have a wonderful weekend, or at least as good of one as you can have. And we'll look forward to talking to you again real soon. Take care. Thanks for joining us. You as well. Get your cell back, Brian, hopefully. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. There she goes. We will see you on the other side. We take a short little break, but we'll be back with more State of the Nation on today's News Talk TNT. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. According to people, the Earth's temperature, and I say people because... I don't really consider the people saying this actual scientists. They may have degrees, but since they're using temperature as a metric for climate, they don't know what they're talking about. But according to them, this has been the hottest year on record, 2023. Now that's interesting because the world population has gone over 8 billion. In fact, they're close to 70 million new people on the planet than there were back in 2022. Or put it this way, there are 70 million more. Now, I can't figure out if things are so bad, how come the population continues to increase? I mean, aren't we in a hellhole right now? Now, I realize most of you don't have degrees in meteorology, and that's fine. What we were taught at Penn State, back when Penn State used to not be a climate indoctrination school, well, maybe they're not now that Michael Mann has left and gone to the University of Pennsylvania. But we were taught that temperature is a very poor metric for climate. Wet bulb temperatures are a much better metric because, after all, water vapor is very important, right? So if you know how much energy is in the air and you know that a lot better with a wet bulb temperature, then you get a better look at it. You see, it can be hotter, but if it's drier, there's no real change in the amount of energy in the air. Better than that, though, is saturation mixing ratios. Now, this really quantifies the water vapor. So let me ask you a question. 
If you want to track down the source of what warming is, would you use something that doesn't correlate at all to the temperature, CO2? Or would you use something that has a direct correlation to the temperature, which is water vapor? This is TNT Climate and Weather Watchdog, meteorologist Joe Bastardi, asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you've got. When a crisis hits close to home and across the globe, nonprofits are on the front lines, ready to serve. Keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. The demand for charitable services has skyrocketed and nonprofits are rising to meet the needs. Healing, nurturing, rescuing, honoring, protecting, caring, inspiring. The work of philanthropic organizations of all sizes across all missions has never been more important. And it's donors and volunteers like you who make all this possible. Thank you. Together, we change the world. The Nonprofit Alliance. Interviews, news, and views. You're listening to State of the Nation on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. All right, well, we're getting into it here. Now, uh, Steve, you know, you've been told by CISA, C-I-S-A, that the 2020 election was safe and secure, right? Well, uh, reading from uh, Yehuda Miller's X account right here, uh, yet CISA made a report on the security and vulnerabilities of many of the election infrastructure offices throughout the country for the 2020 election year. This is very, very interesting because this report has been hidden from the public. Um, the, this report speaking, you know, the report's been obtained by a Freedom of Information Act. So under this FOIA uh, submission here, we're now finding out uh, some more information about this. A grand contradiction, if you will, and um, as Yehuda points out, you don't need to be a computer person to understand it, um, that our election offices are about as porous as Swiss cheese. Uh, it seems <laughs> this is just nuts. So here's the executive summary out of CISA. CISA's own analysis of the available data for addressed election integrity entities found this is just like, what? 76% of EI entities for which CISA performed risk and vulnerability assessment on had spear phishing weaknesses. Now, those provide an entry point for adver adversaries to launch attacks. And 48% of the entities had critical or high severity vulnerability on at least one internet accessible host, providing potential attack vectors to adversaries yet again. 39% of election entities ran at least one risky service on an internet accessible host, again, providing opportunity for threat actors to attack otherwise legitimate services. 34% of entities ran unsupported operating systems on at least one internet accessible host, which exposes entities to compromise yet again. So. I mean, this is just another case, Steve. Um, I want to thank uh, Yehuda Miller for putting that up over there on X.com. Another case of uh, government entities telling us there's nothing to see here, 
Yet at the same, you know, it reminds me of the CDC. They say, oh, yeah, it's all safe and effective. But then you go and you really dig through their databases, their documents, the white papers. It is not. It is patently not. They're actually putting out reports, if you look deep enough, that contradict the uh, bumper sticker slogans that they will put out there to tell us everything is fine here when it's clearly not. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, it, it's, you know, this is, the, so you're telling me, Hesher, that there's a chance that 81 million Americans did not vote for Joe Biden? Is that what you're trying to allude to here? Are you serious? Um, now, this is kind of what I was just, what we were just talking with Amy Peacock about. This is Americans are becoming cynical. Americans are second guessing everything. And when you tell Americans over and over again that it was the safest, freest, most fair election in U.S. history, when everybody knows, well, that's utter crap. Um, and then you have to wait for Yehuda Miller to put this out to basically confirm what we knew all along. The whole the fix was in, and I pray God that we can stop it from being uh, uh, put in again in 2024 because it's not looking good for patriots. It's not looking good for people that like, you know, genuine free and fair elections mm-hmm, so. mm-hmm, absolutely all right well uh you know we'll keep an eye on that one uh so let's talk to our next guest we're going to bring our next guest on he's a literature and film analyst he's the founder of the Bayslit analyzer youtube channel one of our colleagues Bayslit analyzer welcome to state of the nation sir it's great to see you this fine friday hello gentlemen good to see you guys again happy friday yeah, absolutely. So, Bayes, you know, I'm, I'm flipping through the streaming services and I start seeing uh, tra- trailers and previews for something new about Bob Marley. It looks like a like a biopic sort of uh, thing coming out about Bob Marley. And uh, I wanted to get your take on that. What do you, What's your it seems like strange timing. And I'm a little bit concerned that in the current media environment that Bob Marley's lifetimes and philosophy might get distorted if looked at through another lens a newer lens yeah it's uh it's interesting that we've got another musical biopic um we've had so many of these and uh bob marley is sort of ripe for this there have been a lot of documentaries about him um his backstory i think it'll be i think they're going to go into it a little bit in this one and it's interesting because uh, there's so much uh, in th- that is sort of parallel with bob marley and then directly coincides with his life which is cia and uh, there was a conflict, you know, between CIA influence and uh, and Soviet influence in Jamaica at the time. And a lot of people know the story of, you know, the attempted assassination of a musician um, in his home and uh, then playing the concert, I think that night and bringing out the two figureheads. You know, Jamaica was erupting into a civil war and then having them, you know, unite hands and play this concert. And um, I think that they may go into that. Hopefully it will be something substantive and not just the the typical sort of overview of, you know, one love and all that. Um, Because obviously Bob Marley is important for a lot of, you know, sort of cross-generational, a lot of people. Um, And one of these like just monolithic uh, guys with, you know, like – I think people really get a sense of love from listening to Bob Marley music. And, um, and I hope that they, you know, they, they dive deep into his life and sort of what that means, because there's a lot that's entailed in that. Um, I think uh, the danger though, is that it will be a, it will be a mimicry of Bob Marley that often happens when you have the actor playing him, uh, you know, wearing a wig and, and just lip syncing to the the actual musician. Um, so 
uh, hopefully it will be something that is a, has dramatic, you know, complexity to it. But it's it's interesting because it's still relevant. Those those things are still relevant for today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, Bazed, it's good to see you, brother. Um, good to see I mean, you. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Marley, but I mean, I'm a huge fan of a lot of reggae. I like Ani Kamosi. I like Ika Mouse. I like uh, I love Peter Tosh. So I'm down with the whole thing. But and Marley's life is incredibly interesting. Uh, you're right about that. Uh, so he's so embraced by the Jamaican people, uh, and, and it would be a shame that if, if you, if his, uh, if his life was kind of just soft pedaled in, in, yeah, we'll sell a lot of soundtracks, uh, as opposed to really di- doing a deep dive. I have looked at some of these because my wife and I are considering going to see this movie this weekend, in fact. Uh, so it's weird that we'd be talking about it. Some of the reviews though have been kind of, haven't been great. Uh, I don't know. The problem is this day and age. I don't know. I don't know what to believe. I not only don't believe the political news, I have a tough time believing the entertainment news. So, uh, have you seen some of these reviews and, uh, what are your thoughts on, on, on the way they're going to actually portray him? Because if they portray his political action, I don't, that might tick off a lot of people on the left, quite frankly, and the right. I think that, you know, with I can I can already foresee what uh, most reviewers will say, even, you know, after the film. And I think one of the problems with us, a, a, a guy like this is that, first of all, you know, we it's easy to forget that this guy's image is so specific. You know, imagine seeing this guy in real life. You know, if he walked past you now, it's like it, there's no mistaking that it's this person and that. You know, uh, guys like this, I believe, are gifted um, and, you know, they're magnetic and and they sort of exist beyond their sort of image and their music. And I'm not like hero worshiping. I'm just saying that he's he's big for a reason. Um, But the problem with these biopics is that there have been a bunch of them that are that are very good. Um, But for instance, okay, just as a sort of a parallel here, like what Oliver Stone did with Jim Morrison and the Doors ticked off a lot of people, you know, even the, the surviving doors, because they were like, that's, that's not what he was like. But Stone responded and said, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter what he was like for you. This is uh, his, an artistic vision of, you know, his impressions of what this guy was like. And that's what he wanted to convey. Having, having the actor actually sing the songs also um, is off putting at first, but then you go, well, this is an interpolation of the way the artist was instead of just some sort of, uh, parody or something. Um, I think I, I think this movie is in danger of of doing those things. You with a guy like this, um, with like a you know Bob Marley figure, um, you really would have to delve deep and find something new in a way to portray this that really hit people. And I think we live in such a surface level world where everything comes and goes so quickly that people are sort of they find even that off putting just on the surface. So. Yeah, for sure. So it's going to be interesting to see how that comes out. I mean, it kind of it harkens back to the Elvis movie, which, you know, recently right. came out like, you know, that that they, they had some avenues there where they could have talked about, you know, CIA influence and corporate influence and things like that. And they did a little they touched on a little bit of that. But and there's yeah. also, you know, various theories about Elvis and his twin that are, you know, really yes. interesting to a lot of people that were sort of glossed over. Yeah. Yeah. I've done a couple of streams on Elvis. Um, and what's really interesting is that that Boz Lerman Elvis movie came out. And then not long after that, the Sofia Coppola Priscilla movie 
uh, was released. And that's completely the opposite side of the ways portrayed in the one and the other. But again, neither one, um, you know, human beings are complex and especially like a guy like Elvis, who is probably the one of the two most famous recognizable people, at least in the 20th century, everybody on the globe knew Elvis. Um, so how do you, how do you make a real narrative story about that, that we can grab onto? And it's not just watching film of him perform. Um, the 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 70s uh, music critic Lester Bangs probably had the best insight into Elvis. He wrote an essay on him and he was not a fan, but he says in the essay that when he did go to see him um, at, you know, like Richmond Coliseum, basically some sort of podunk, you know, sort of event place, I'm from Richmond, so I can say that. Um, uh, he immediately was struck with why um, people were, he said, Elvis basically appeared as a kind of angel on stage. You know, he could see people saw that. The nudie suits, the the rhinestones, uh, people just sort of like, they just dove for this guy. And he said, uh, interestingly, the best um, career option that Elvis could have taken was to replace Jim Morrison in the doors and just sing blues. <laughs> So, <laughs> God, what, what what could have been? What could oh, have been, man. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny, Paige, because we're talking about this, and you're saying, you know, are they just going to make a syrupy kind of uh, homage to, uh, to 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 Bob Marley? And and you said, well, you know, some people came out against uh, Stone's uh, portrayal of Val Kilmer's uh, portrayal yeah. of uh, of Morrison and all that. But I think the most recent big bio was the one on queen and the funny mm. thing about that one is it was the band themselves that kind of screwed that but it got high praise and then everybody went back and said well wait a minute this is not even remotely close the timeline is wrong everything's wrong and we find out that guess what that was uh that was the band that did that <laughs> right yeah and it's kind of not surprising because the band is so entrenched uh, with the establishment now, I mean, even their name suggests so at first it was ironic and then it became, you know, true. Um, but, uh, look at, look at the Johnny Cash movie, walk the line or the Ray Charles yeah. movie. Those both came out kind of at the same time. Those were well done. Yeah. Um, because they dove into what these people, you know, what they were like as human beings, um, while mixing that with this, this like unearthly drive to create. Um, and that's something that's, uh, probably missing even a, in a many artists now. They just don't have that thing. Um, entertainment comes and goes, but those people are sort of beyond in a way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. Well, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. And um, real quick, uh, we're, we're just about out of time, but if you could nutshell this, maybe give us a breadcrumb trail. You talked talk to me offline about proliferation of grave robbing and body brokers. Can you break that down? Can you nutshell that in less than a minute? This is a wild topic. I'll try to be concise with this. Um, there's a recent story that was here for about a day about a, uh, uh, a, um, a morgue basically run by this couple and they had done no, no uh, cremation of any, like they found 189 bodies rotting in a, in a factory house. And it, they said it was the most uh, ghoulish thing that they'd ever seen the police. Said. And then this, but all of a sudden there are so many videos on, grave robbing and these people called uh body brokers it's a gigantic industry it's very very dark um good counterpoint to what we were just talking about but this is a kind of symbol for the depravity that we're seeing in the age but 
um this is the year of love so hopefully those people will uh we can i don't know i hope yeah. they find love somehow <laughs> yeah we hope those grave robbers find right. love somehow <laughs> really i don't know <laughs> that's a great place to close it Bayes lit right. analyzer follow based on youtube Bayes lit analyzer is the channel Bayes, thanks so much for joining us hope you have a great weekend hope you have a great weekend too and hope you stay tuned for the misty winston show coming up next right here on today's news talk TNT.